Hello and welcome to this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. The Oregon Wine History Archive is located at Linfield University in McMinnville, Oregon, and is dedicated to preserving and sharing the Oregon wine story. This podcast will share these stories through oral history interviews that we've conducted throughout the industry. Please enjoy these stories. My name is Rich Schmidt. I'm here with Gabby Vignes. We're at uh, Anami Vineyards. It's April 1st, 2021. Thank you so much for joining us today, Gabby. Thank you for coming. First question, the most important question to get started. Why wine? Ooh, difficult <laughs> question. Well, I knew that was coming, but, um, well, wine is a very noble product. I feel it's history, it's science, it's art. I don't know, well, a lot of people say a lot of things, but I feel, I, I feel like wine is a, with other products as well, is a very important product and beverage in human history first. Then why I got into wine is because, well, I'm, I, I'm come from a city. My family is not from the wine at all. We do have um, a lot of situations, celebrations in Chile that we will drink more wine. I think Chile is also changing too. Well, I'm from Chile too. <laughs> That's something that I have to say first. But um, I never grew up with thinking about the wine like other cultures that little kids are like okay wine is part of their culture that was not my case but i knew that wine was something special about it for celebrations Mm -hmm. and i never ever thought that i was going to be a winemaker or study winemaking and all that until i went to university where we have to do agriculture first is called agronomy in Chile. What I don't know if it's the same here, but or agriculture, engineering. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's different ways to say it. To become a winemaker in Chile, you have to first be uh, an agronomist. So you have the knowledge of the land, the soil, the terroir, climate, everything. So I didn't know that I wanted winemaking. I just entered to this program because I knew that I wanted to be part of the 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 nature Mm -hmm. and being involved with people and the food science kind of i am very scientific too so i like all that and contribute with something that is very important that is food Mm -hmm. and once in my program i noticed that creating a fruit or creating a a food which is very important was not as interesting as creating a grape that can grow so different in so many different places and it could be so diverse depending on where it's grown, who did the job, the people around this, like more like the community. It's a very like community product as well. It's not just an industrial. It could be made industrially too, Mm. but even if it's made industrially, it's it's a piece of uh, land that single parcel will provide something unique and specific so when i was there i was like well if i'm gonna go to the fruit production why i'm gonna grow apples to get like a size and a color for a for a place that they wanted like that maybe it's better to go more like to a creative area and create a product that can be very diverse and it's amazing that once there i was like whoa like knowing that there's some in europe some little blocks that is like this acre or hectare is only here where they make this wine and it's like that um that was very impressive for me how specific it could be and also i think is there's no wrong ways to make it too there's like you you could in, uh, do a lot to the wine or do nothing you can have like the same uh, grape side by side but the soil will be slightly different and it will make a different product so infinity ways of making it that's why it was i was more like wow Mm -hmm. this is very inspiring so that's why i got into it and i feel like 
well, I come also from a country that is important, the wine, so I saw that it was potential. I, then I started traveling a lot, so I never knew that I was going to travel, but then also the wine allows you to go places. So I always say to people that wants to study that, I'm like, it's good to travel. Like, <laughs> it's not like other careers. Some other careers you cannot do much that. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know, I liked it because it grows in some areas in the world, in a lot of places in the world, and it could be the same grape, so different mm -hmm. to the other. So that's something that for me was very interesting. Mm, well, that's, I think, what I got into wine. And then I never drink too much wine until I was older, but my family and I knew that was important for, for the celebrations more. And that also put me more like, ah, this is good. We can make this good, a good product and get it better. And that's, mm -hmm. I think, what I'm, I want to be in this industry. Mm -hmm. Yes. So tell me about the education. Obviously, it's a different educational process than, than many uh, American winemakers would go through. So tell me about the, yes. the process of education and then after the agronomy part of it, what's the next step? Okay. So, well, because I, I know that there's a lot of chemistry winemaking and then later I knew that there's other ways to be a winemaker. Like, I know that other countries you can do like a two-year chemistry degree, which that doesn't mean you are better or worse than my path um, but the one that I took uh, in Chile in Universidad Católica de Chile was they were like trying to put us more to understand the land and the climate and that's part of what I like this too because it's, it will be different wherever you are and mm -hmm. um, they make you understand like I had a lot of biology and, and physiology things to really understand how the flavors and all that is made. And once from there, my last year was basically chemistry and tasting and all that. And that's how it is in Chile. So it takes five years to be, and then we have a little community over there and to be part of these like winemakers, you have to do a test to prove that your knowledge and all that is good. So it's, well, all places have their communities as well, but that's how really is in Chile. And I like because it's very in, integral, can you say mm -hmm, that? Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. complete, I will say, with having both sides, like the land, agriculture, viticulture, and then going to the chemistry part and all that. Mm -hmm. I, of course, follow more the chemistry part then, and my experience, my work experience has been more the chemistry part, but, and I don't remember exactly everything from viticulture, but I do have all the tools and the resources to, mm -hmm. and understanding about that, and that's what I like from the Chilean program, and I, I'm sure all the Chilean winemakers, they, they all pass through that because there's none, nothing without the agriculture part. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what was your next step then after, after that? So after that, well, I am a very, I like to study. <laughs> I like research and all that. That's, that's something that it's always motivated me a lot and all keeps motivating me. I try to be very science focused and push to the limits of the knowledge mm -hmm. as, as possible. So, I wanted to keep studying <laughs> and there was a program with my university to do with France that you could go to similar like agriculture uh, universities and I was also interested for France, well I know there's a lot of great uh, places in the world, that, what, where regions, wine regions to go, but I was also like personally interested because of my last name, my mother's last name, that is French. So we are not close to French families, but we believe it's from there. So I, I was always very curious about the French culture, their language and all that. 
And when I was ya already involved in the winemaking, I was like, well, Frenchies, <laughs> the French people are very, it's tra tradition there. So I was like, okay, I'll try to find how to get more into it. And also for the culture, more than just the studies. And that's something that I like about wine. It shows culture to what is around the place that a grape vine grows and where the wine is made. So it's history again. Mm -hmm. um, so I applied to a double diploma with this university in Angers, France, that makes like, it's similar to where I studied in Chile, but they provide also like master's degree. So I kind of finished my studies in France and went to this program that was more focused in viticulture as well and winemaking. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to go first for six months only, like, like just to, ah, okay, I'm gonna learn French. And, and then I was like, whoa, this program is so, super good. And I ended up being like almost three years in France. <laughs> and actually I was fluent in French first than in English. <laughs> and then I had to do a lot of English things and I was like, oh. <laughs> I was learning English before and then French, but well, whatever. Now it's getting the opposite. Like my French is going. Um, well, and I went to France. I went to Loire Valley in France, and that was amazing because I was able to see more like all of these things that I was telling you before. That wow, like a cheese, not only wine. Like a cheese is made just in this town, and there's like 500 people here. And, they all buy it like in chile they want the supermarket cheese like <laughs> they want like the pasteurized blah 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 like, it's all different ways mm -hmm. histories of cultures and i was like whoa that's incredible and then the winemaking oh it's, that's how they do it and they have a little rules there and things but i was like there is a lot of like knowledge and tradition passed to the other generation and a lot of things that you are like it's crazy. Also, a lot of families there I met there, they were like, we don't study this. <laughs> they they were impressed that I was doing like a master's degree and they're like, why you are doing that? Like, this is weird. And I was like, well, where I'm come from, you have to study to get a good job kind of. And they were like, my father taught me that and his father taught him that. Well, um, so tradition mm -hmm. and things mm -hmm. like that. And well, I spent a long time there, of course, more in, in school, but I was able to, to live with a family in Bordeaux where I helped them doing harvest. And it was super cool because it's, it's a world, like the wine was every single day on the table. And that for me was like, why they drink so much wine? Like they were not drinking a lot, but it was like, for me being from Chile that it's, maybe changing but it was not a daily thing it was more celebratory or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. maybe at nine a glass or not but that there was everywhere and even little kids and everything i was like wow this is another culture really like it's amazing and how they value the wine and a lot of people makes like home wines too mm -hmm. to have for the family and things like that that made me also well, once there I was more fascinated at the end by that. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that our, I feel like everybody changes, but I was more focused in Bordeaux varietals in my early career because Chile, we produce more Cabernet Sauvignon. We have a lot of more varieties, varieties too, but I felt like that's what I want, like more like Bordeaux varieties. So I was initially following more that that's why I did a harvest in Bordeaux, but then in Loire, they have Cabernet Franc and Chenin Blanc, and I work in a lab in doing research with clones of that and making wines and everything. And I, at first I was like, this is watery. Like, why is not that like high alcohol? <laughs> why, why they make this? Like, why? And that was opening my mind. And then living enough there, I'm now I, I like and appreciate most kinds of wines and I like it, but I'm more in like in the cool climate and lighter bodied, more elegant wines. That was funny how I 
I went mm -hmm. on my journey of <laughs> tasting wines too. So, yes, that was my one of my best years in my life living in France with it was really cool. <laughs> yes. And exploring, of course, learning. Did you have an idea in your mind at that point about what you were going to do after you after you were done with school? Well, not really. I think nobody does much. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. But well, first of all, like I went out of Chile, I was I demonstrate that I was like, oh, I lived in another country and I learned a language and all that. So first, my first interest was to travel. <laughs> and I, I always try to find places that I will be interested for the wine style or a place that I was like, like really liked, the, I've tasted wines from them or following that, but one of my first goals was to travel. Like, so I, that's what I did for maybe five years. <laughs> maybe, maybe around five years. I started like traveling. And as you probably know, it's very simple to travel in this industry. You can do, if you want, you can do four harvests in a year, <laughs> which is a little too much, but but it's possible. And it, I, I have still a lot of friends that are, that are doing that. I always wanted to discover something new or learn something new in my travels, but also I was like, okay, I've been here, I've been here, I've been here, like kind of like checking boxes to get more knowledge and also be able to travel more in places. So that was my first idea. And also when I did my research project in France, they told me that if, if I wanted to keep going in research that they were like you you have a lot of potential on this so that's something that I was I had it here and I still have it <laughs> in the back of my head I'm like mm, I like research but I told them like thank you very much I might see that in the future but I want to do my travel and exploring in production now and then I'll see if I want to keep doing research or something like that so that's what I did, travel. Where did you go? Well, I first went to New Zealand. Um, first, from there I didn't know yet that I liked cooler climate. I knew a little bit from the style, but I was still a little convinced about the Bordeaux varietals and following Syrah as well, a lot. So I went to uh, New Zealand first. And I was already with the bag of traveling, so I was like, okay, where's next? Like, <laughs> two months, where's next? Where's next? Trying to do the most of this. And I met so many great people and everything. Like, and people that are in, also in the business, it's not just like backpackers. Well, you've, you meet a lot of backpackers too, <laughs> but, <laughs> but also a lot of like, people from a family that they own a winery so they will be like exchanging things and like that, that traveling for anyone opens your mind mm -hmm. a lot I think that's something that, that I will tell to everybody like try to travel because that is like the key of getting more that like this diverse product will make you have more ideas or what other people are doing and that will make I think improvement in general um, but, and then I when I was like okay I love doing this I like this I went to well I did a harvest in France I work in New Zealand I went to Napa Valley as well I went to Australia to the Barossa Valley and well I feel like in Australia I, I decided that I wanted more cooler climates because I was like, I love Shiraz, it's, I love it, I still like it, but after two months only drinking Shiraz, I was like, I'm a little bored. <laughs> and nothing wrong with Shiraz, I love it too, but then when I went back to New Zealand, I did a few harvests in New Zealand, I followed more like Central Otago, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where 
I knew that Pinot Noir was one of the varieties that I liked the most, one of them. And then I was like, okay, that's what I'm gonna start focusing, not like jumping around and everything. So then on my second harvest in central Otago, like I, I'm gonna say how I came to Oregon. It, I, it was love for Pinot Noir and love, both, love and love. <laughs> it was, I met my now husband uh, in New Zealand, working harvest. And I was on my peak of traveling. So I was like, then after this, I'm going to Australia again. And then I'll go to <laughs> Portugal. Then I'll go back to Argentina, South Africa. Blah, 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 blah. But I, and in like immense list that I, I still want to go. <laughs> I would love to go. But then I met him and he was like, well, Gabby, I'm from Oregon. And Oregon has what you are following. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> well, and I give a lot, a lot of my decisions in life. Of course, I made them, but I'm, I give a little of like destiny, like what the destiny will tell me. So I, I say, well, okay, let's try. I'm gonna apply to Oregon. I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see if they, if it works, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then I will see if my relationship works too, <laughs> and everything worked. <laughs> I applied to Anna Me as an intern mm -hmm. in two, 2016 and I actually applied late so I was not very hope like I didn't have a lot of hope that it would work because you know it's a lot of work for getting a visa I think I have a master's on getting visas too like all countries is I know all the bureaucracy in the countries <laughs> and I have to say that this country is complicated and it's expensive too <laughs> but but at least it's organized, that's good. And so I was like, well, this is not gonna work, this is not gonna work. And I applied very late and Anna me worked out, like I had my interview and everything and everything worked out very well. And of course I did just the harvest, like from late August or early September to through November, Thanksgiving. And my relationship was also going well, so then I went to Chile and then I was like, well, I liked Oregon. <laughs> so that's when I feel like it started more in 2017 when I came back. I feel like that's when I really arrived and I was more like, okay, I'm going to stay. I'm going to try it out. I'm going to see if I can stay in one place for a little <laughs> longer <laughs> because I, really I was, my life was in one suitcase. Mm -hmm. 20, 20 kilograms or 50 pounds or 23 kilograms and I love that style but there's some good stuff about staying in a place too so yeah that's how I came here and now I'm here so before we get on to the Oregon part of the story I'm, yes. I'm curious about during those travels that's a lot of different places to see it's a lot of different yes. styles of wine a lot of different yes. tell me about you mentioned kind of how your palate changed. I'm, I'm curious about also how your kind of your style and philosophy changed. Like what, what wines attracted you and what, as you saw yourself making wine or, or yes. growing grapes, what you sort of saw yourself doing at that point? Yes, well, yeah. Well, of course, as we all know, there is like the old world and the new world of winemaking. I, my studies are mostly from the new world and I also, my travels were more on the new world in general, like mm -hmm. if we calculate. So I feel like to have also a, some experience and studies in the old world, as we call, put me like in a middle point of, mm -hmm. okay. Like I know how to make new world wines and how traditions, of course I know, I don't know all the traditions, but I know how more or less are things. So that put me more like, okay, what can I get from both sides? I don't want to pick one. But, well, of course I said I, I changed my palate a little bit, traveling and everything. But I think that everybody, everybody has that, except maybe if you stay in one place, maybe you'll be more focused on what grows around you. But I think, my travels gave me a more 
open-minded on this, that knowing that there's no one way. And I'm still exploring what is my style. I don't have like a completely mm -hmm. style, but that gave me tools and flexibility, I would say, to know that there's no only one way, mm -hmm. but also every place I don't know, for how influenced me more is like to respect from where the grapes come from. That's from the places that I've worked more is more like be respectful for where the grapes are coming from. And yes, now I'm more focusing on cooler climate wines, but that doesn't mean it will change in the future. Mm -hmm. Maybe I like I, that's what I think it brought me like to be very open to new things and new ways to do things and experiment mm -hmm. and have creativity as well yeah you talk about the style kind of being respecting where the grapes come from I'm curious along the way did you see were there farming farming practices specifically that you that you were attracted to or, or the opposite that you were re repelled by as you were kind of honing what you wanted, how you wanted grapes to be farmed? Yes, well, yeah, I think sustainability probably. I know that I love organic growing or like permaculture kind of, like when you make the ecosystem all, all be like related. I like, well, I, I know I'm not a grower and I know there's sometimes difficulties and I know that's why conventional agriculture exists. Mm -hmm. And I'm not against any, any of the things, but I am more towards more trying to be more organically. Mm -hmm. And here at Anami, we are live certified and with Pete, we work on doing it more like trying to respect the environment and what is around and and to hopefully organically, like I think it's mm -hmm. possible to do it organically. That will be more my style. Mm -hmm. But I know sometimes it's difficult to do things like that. I know that the agriculture in general, because I also had other all, all crops I studied, sometimes you have diseases, sometimes <laughs> you have things. So mm -hmm. I know it's something that is changing and it's getting better and better. I think I, think I will go more for sustainability mm -hmm. than conventional, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. So, all, in all those travels, I, I, I imagine there's some pretty interesting stories from your from your harvest days. Were there any, any stories that stand out in your memory of, of, of either ones that were were interesting or funny at the time, or, or ones that you kind of look back on now and think like that was that 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 mm -hmm. set me on a certain path, or that changed my mind about something? Hmm. Well, comparing like talking again to the new world and the old world, like in New Zealand I worked in a place that they will bring like big trucks with grapes and you will be like <laughs> I was in charge of the presses so it was I was having a lot of fun, it was great but then it's like wow, it's not like very detailed focus, it's not that they are, it's a good wine too but it's different mm -hmm. so and that, in contrast with what I did in France, for example, I, I helped more in the cellar, but at the beginning there was nothing to do in the cellar, so I, I worked with gypsies. <laughs> that is, I think, is my most ex funniest. That I was, my French level wasn't very good at that point. They were like correcting me all the time. I was like, oh no. And they put me to work with gypsies speaking French <laughs> and I was like but community again like it was a small group but they were like we could not communicate very well and it was smaller of course than maybe in New Zealand that they will bring the trucks but having those two experiences I was like wow it can be very different <laughs> depending on the size of course and mm -hmm. the place <laughs> but I like it I think I like it more like smaller, yes. Mm -hmm. So you, you mentioned uh, after having been a lot of different places applying to Oregon and, and, and then coming back to Oregon. So tell me, first of all, I'm curious about your sort of initial impressions of Oregon and of the wine industry here. What, 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 did, you, what did you think as you got to know it? Yes, so, um, well, my first 
experience with Pinot Noir was in Chile, and I think Pinot Noir in Chile was is still growing. There is a lot of potential, good good sites more in the southern part, like Patagonian side or the beginning of Patagonian side with Pinot Noir. And then my other big experience was in New Zealand. So I had that as a reference first. And actually, I didn't know much about Oregon. It's, it's impressive. I, I knew, okay, Oregon, but actually, I was more like focused on Napa. Like, it's more well-known. I know Oregon is very important too, but <laughs> sorry to, to the people. <laughs> but my my like what people will talk to me was more like yeah Napa or mm -hmm. yeah California, blah blah. blah. And a few uh, friends from Chile were like, Gabby, you should go to Oregon. I was like, but what is that about Oregon? Like not really knowing a lot. And I had a few I think in New Zealand once, and I was like, hmm, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. And once I came here, I was like, wow, there is a lot of good quality here. Mm -hmm. And I was also impressed that it's still a young wine region. How, like how many years, like 50 maybe, kind mm -hmm. of, sure, or yeah. less. And all the potential and how the people has done in the past, mm -hmm. like with the pioneers, of course, and all the people that are working right now to bring up a good product like quality and in all levels I feel like still is small industry here in Oregon maybe some places are growing a little more but to keep the quality for Pinot Noir and that means the site like that means there is a lot of a lot of terroir if we want to call it like that but there is a good potential for the site so I was impressed about the quality Com not not comparing too much I think all countries are in different levels mm -hmm. on, of knowledge in the mm -hmm. wines, but but I thought that there was a lot of good quality from the grapes here, mm -hmm. and I'm still discovering, and I'm very impressed. Like oh, like wow! Also, Pinot Noir can be so different in depending on here or here. It's like super um, dynamic. Mm -hmm. How it can be? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was a good impression. So that's why also big part of that I wanted to work more with Pinot Noir in, in Oregon. That is, I think it's still growing. So a lot of potential mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. So tell me about your, your first experience at, at, on, at Anami once you went to your harvest, your harvest job here. What, what, what was that like? What was your first time working in Oregon like? Um, I found it, well, it's always hard work harvest, but I was like, this is, everything's little. <laughs> like I was like, tiny hose, <laughs> tiny pump. And we are busy of course all the time, but in, I've had some places that I will get fit. Like I was like really running around and everything. But I was like, wow, here, well, you can really focus and be de detail oriented. If you want to, of course, you can do that or you can follow other ways too. Mm -hmm. But my way that I learned here with Thomas as well, it was like, it's great that you can pay attention to two tons of grapes. It's like, and maybe change it in different ways or in, it's like a baby. Like, that's what I felt like. I was like, I had a lot of babies there. And I was more in the fermentation part of my first harvest and then I think I was very involved more in like fermentation mm -hmm. after and I was like this is awesome like how can you be that detail oriented because in Chile there are small places but still we have big wineries so you of course you pay attention but sometimes it's like a big tank and it's like okay let's make this happen or you have to keep rolling it and my appreciation with working here at Anami at least was that wow you can really focus and make little changes and work and be detailed on the wine to make it better or make it in this direction or that direction so that was my impression and I actually after coming from Australia that was really hard I thought that was the easiest harvest that I ever had <laughs> also that we use, usually have lunches that we can, and we drink wine, and I was like, mm, this is nice, like, 
lifestyle, lifestyle too, I think. That's part of the Oregon culture as well, like mm -hmm. having a nice lifestyle, lifestyle too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned that was 2016 and then you, you went back to Chile. I went to Chile, yes, to the, uh, I did a harvest there. I haven't done too many harvests in, in Chile, <laughs> but by coincidence, well, my second harvest I wanted to do in Pinot Noir, but the first one I was in Casablanca, which is cooler climate. That was my very, very first harvest. And that's how things are. I don't know how, but my two harvests in Chile, it was with cool climate, uh, uh, varietals mm -hmm. and now I think it's like whoa impressive because Chile has more Cabernet Sauvignon so and there's a lot more wineries there so I like that I took that and after that I was I wanted to come back to to Oregon and with my spirit of experimenting and knowing I wanted to maybe go somewhere else and I did apply to other places too to try it out but then I was like why if I come back to Anami and try to extend my just, ha like, mm -hmm. let's do more, like. So I talked to them and I was like, oh, hey, can I come back, but maybe be like the extended intern. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, let's think about it. But at the beginning they were like, yes, we want you back. Like, we like you, Gabby, that will be awesome. So that's how it started. I started like, okay, I'll be back as an extended intern. And then, of course, some, some t times in the winery, there's not a lot to do, so I will have to leave. And of course, for my visa, sometimes was, wasn't possible, but some, they started giving me like hours in the tasting room too. When I was getting like uh, the extended intern, more extended intern, more extended intern, until I was like covering my two months maybe that I was not in the cellar doing tastings and a few weeks that I was I had to go to Chile so at the end I became like a full-time without being a full-time <laughs> and I was like okay so and it was funny because nobody knew it was, I was always like the extended intern and they was like well you actually work more months here you're not an intern anymore and yeah, then I was more involved in all aspects of winemaking. Of course, not making decisions, but very closely working with Thomas. I'm very grateful of how he did his work with us, trying to involve us all the time in every aspect. And of course, I learned a lot from him being here. Um, and it was very nice that that Something that I like also from here is that some other places the winemaker is like up there and in, a, in an office and they will taste wines. But here, uh, with Thomas at least, and from what I've seen in other places, is very <laughs> linear. Like, mm -hmm. of course, there is one person that makes the decisions, but they are all involved in this. And it's that's something that I like from here. And I was like, okay, I can keep doing this. <laughs> There is not like levels, it's more like we're a team. Mm -hmm. That's what I like. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned Thomas, obviously. Um, we, tell me about his style and, and what, what you kind of learned from him and what, what, you kind of, what you kind of came to understand the enemy style to be. Yes, so, well, Thomas' style is always, he always will say, and I agree, it's acid-driven Pinot Noirs or wines in general. Uh, Respecting the the soil, the the site, and trying to make elegant wines, and with a lot of good flavors in mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So I know his style. I have a lot of my own ideas as well, but I want to try to keep for now because I I feel very new in this still. But um, I like his style. I just I'm so curious and motivated about sites and soils. Like, I've been reading more about soils and I don't know if you know, but there is a Chilean that has a PhD on terroirs, Pe Pedro, Pedro Parra. Mm -hmm. And I am very motivated from his studies and what I'm, what I, well, I know that we all try to show the site and also Thomas did, but I want to go further with that. Like, I would like to really know what the soil can give you. 
and I don't I don't want to be like natural winemaking like don't do anything of course do the right things but to get it towards more like mm -hmm. what the site and the soil can show and it's a still a learning experience for me mm -hmm. well I think for everyone is life is a learning experience but I'm motivated for that right now to learn more about that so you mentioned that you you're, you're you kind of alluded to the fact that you've, you've taken over for Thomas. Tell me about that uh, after your extended, extended, extended internship. <laughs> at some point, you became a full-time employee here. So tell tell us about that and what happened next. Yeah. So they were like ask me if I was interested on taking the position, and I say yes. Why not? Like I, it's always scary to take another step in your career I think and it's challenging but I also felt I needed more challenge maybe I'm taking a, a big challenge <laughs> but I, I think I have the tools and I am very if I don't know something I will go and look for the answer and I had Thomas that taught me a lot of things too and I know he's a good friend and I know that also this community is very good, so I am excited for what is going to happen and I accepted the position because I always like to push me mm -hmm. to learn mm -hmm. and I like adventures, I like traveling too, so yeah, it's an adventure. I, I'm happy to take it in my life. This is all a learning experience and of course we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but it's a learning experience. Like today I'm doing my best that I can do and keep learning. That's an evolution. Yes. What, how, when you were offered the job and, and you were thinking about it, what, what did you see as the challenge? What, was the, what, were, the, what were the complications for you? What, 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 what concerns you the most about taking over? Well, well, first of all, I was never been in a like managing position. That was my first like more like oh can I do this really or not like I feel like maybe everybody has that but I I know that when I have a problem I look okay what I have what I have now to solve this with the best that I can do so okay okay of course managing was one of the challenges but also more like okay Gabby now is your time to put something from you into this so I've been thinking about this all the time mm -hmm. but I was never too much like okay now and I don't know if everybody's ready to start doing this mm -hmm. but or maybe having the tools is just like do it but more like what I want to contribute to this community and also how can I make it um, be part of the community but also show what is my style mm -hmm. in this mm -hmm. and, the, and the place that I am in because I don't think it's only one person doing it mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a team so how can I make it also a community how can we all the from the vineyard to the people that help bottling everybody how can this be part of for the bottle of wine that you're drinking that's my more like the challenge i'm more like how can how can how can we make it more diverse <laughs> and also more like community mm -hmm. and how can i contribute from that that having this um, position was more like well maybe now i have more possibilities to make that happen so i'm i'm still i'm very new on this so i'm still thinking how I want to mm -hmm. do things mm -hmm. and learning, learning about. So on that on that note, I, I'm curious as you, you 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 have to get to know your site first, and obviously you've been here for a little while. But yes. from your new perspective, with with your philosophy being so site specific and so site driven, tell me about getting to know your grapes and getting to know your your vines. Yes, well, yeah, it's a still a work in progress. I know a lot from what we've had in, I've, I've done five, oh, five harvests already here. So 
I know what we, we have more or less, but I am trying to be more involved or not involved, but talk more with vineyard manager Pete to have more connection with mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. And of course, I'm not gonna make him <laughs> like do that but be more in communication. I think that's important also, like yeah. connect more those two things. And he's also very interested also in participating more like in tastings and things. So that will help us to be more connected. Mm -hmm. And well, of course, going out there sometimes and talking to him and seeing that will make me learn more about the sites mm -hmm. and what how can I express it mm -hmm. but it's a work in progress I'm still I know a lot about what the soils we have and the clones and everything but still I I'm learning more about uh, the terroir and how a soil what's the typical that what can provide and everything mm -hmm. yes So as you as you look ahead then for for yourself here and and for Anami, what 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 do you anticipate it looking like in, in, in the next few years? What do you anticipate the wines coming out that you're that you're working with being different or or being the same? Or what do you anticipate your 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 role evolving to be? Yeah, Ooh, that's difficult. <laughs> yes. Well, so far I am trying to respect what we have done, a little like trying to keep it. Mm -hmm similar somehow I do like how things were done but I am very open to discover and experiment slowly little by little with different things that how we're done here mm -hmm. to see if I can get more close to like the expression of the site but I don't know how I don't have a clear clear tea on that because yeah it's hard to say I I'm very open to experiment, mm -hmm. to, yeah, to maybe, I think, well, Thomas also did a lot of experimentation that, that's great because I, I was able to learn a lot from him too, but, and from that, but I am willing to think more about how can you make it more like site specific and experiment slowly, but I will respect also what we have done here too. I. Those are great wines, so I don't want to be like, okay, let's change it all. I, I, I really appreciate all the work what, that we have done here, and I'm happy with that too. So if there is any change, it's going to be something that I still don't know <laughs> that is coming. <laughs> you talked about 2020 and the challenges of 2020 for you. I, I, what's, I wanna, I'm curious first about the, the pandemic and, and how it affected your wine life and, and work here uh, yes. and how you see how things have changed and how you see things coming out of the pandemic. Yes. Well, pandemic affected everyone. For us, well, well, we went for four, four people working permanent to two. So, of course, <laughs> well, that's now what is happening. We have also less wine that we produce in 2020 just for changes okay. we don't have the same vineyards and everything so it's very different but also I think I feel like it affected more tasting room like the flow of what we were used to it mm -hmm. I saw and I was like wow it's a little complicated to make the, all of these things that we were used to it mm -hmm. and talking to the front of the house people like trying to sell the wine and still keeping up with all that very challenging for them mm -hmm. from our side because we have a big area in the back we can we could keep working and be with social distancing but there there are some challenges like a uh, harvest was hard we had to be with masks even like in protocols and everything or bottling you have to have people close by but but I feel like everybody has been very innovative and creative to make things happen anyways. Like the restaurants are crazy how they are t 
trying to be there like mm -hmm. okay we'll do whatever we can so mm -hmm. we are also trying to be more creative and taking care of this and I'm very I have a lot of hope that this is starting to change with the vaccine coming out and and the climate of course and more people will get vaccinated and it's been difficult in all aspects but also emo emotionally because sometimes it's like well we cannot do a lot of things like yes so far for my work it's not changed too much mm -hmm. but i the my environment it's been changed and you can see it's it's been a struggle but we are we are here and we're gonna do it well yes <laughs> everyone probably yes i like that positive positive yeah. exactly yeah. i like that the other, obviously the other, the other part of 2020 was the, the fires at harvest so, so tell yes. me about tell me about the harvest experience for you this past year well to be like the first harvest w without thomas <laughs> he was like I, I talked to him and he was like oh no Gabby, i'm so sorry <laughs> like this is terrible but well so for me this is something of course it's ter was terrible we had all around the valley we had smoke and we had different levels of affected maybe once less one more and it was even more challenging but in my side i was more like research <laughs> like this is an opportunity for research and I, I wish I, I'm now in the research area because I could be like working with that, but that put me more like, okay, I need to read more papers. And I know the, the community here and everyone, like California through Washington, were like, let's do webinars and all that. So I knowing that it's, it's bad, and I know there are some solutions to it and some blocks were not affected as much and like there's ways to get away with this and do well for me it was more like the opportunity to learn from a problem and to be like okay like a little panicking but also like okay that's more like what the pandemic did too like let's be more open like there's different ways to approach this thing so i saw that it, it was hard, but it was like, okay, what can we do? Let's get in action and let's do, see about what science says. And there's a lot of unknown things about the smoke affected grapes, but I, I like the way that all the Oregon community are like trying to get together and we can do this as a, as a whole group. And I'm, I'm happy with that too. Even if it's a disaster, <laughs> natural disaster, but I'm seeing the good part of it, mm -hmm. like for the research and getting together and like talk about it and hey, this is I found out is good for it or this is bad or mm -hmm. things like that. So I'm seeing again the positive side of this part. So as you look ahead then uh, for yourself, mm -hmm. what's your, what is your wine career going to look like? What are you thinking for yourself for the next five or ten years? Ooh, well, I don't know. It's very hard question. <laughs> I don't know because six months ago I was like, I don't know where, if maybe with my visa I will have to come back to Chile. <laughs> so things are... To be honest, I have no idea, but I do, of course, involved in winemaking. I like all areas of winemaking. I like also like the business too, like the marketing. I'm more like a scientific person, so I feel like I, I do better in production. So I see myself in production. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now that I am like a new winemaker in a place, I'm sure I'm going to discover more things that I love about it and that I don't like about it, maybe. Or maybe I will like everything. But I will now take out of my list the research part. Mm -hmm. So I will not be surprised if in five or ten years I'm more involved in research. Mm -hmm. And that could be working in a place and bringing like 
researchers to help and help out with that or just fully in research because that's something that it always interested me and I I think I need to do it at some point to take it out of me and be like okay yeah I'll come back to production <laughs> <laughs> or I really like it so mm -hmm. that's I don't know what I'm gonna be doing but those are my interests mm -hmm. like science and research and wine production mm -hmm. as well so and hopefully here in Oregon I think I'll be here in Oregon <laughs> yes finally unpack your suitcase Yes, well, my suitcase is now a little bigger. <laughs> I could not pack tonight and go to Chile like I did before. <laughs> it's a lot more complicated, but but I, I have a lot of good things about settling in a place too. It's like I don't have only have one pair of shoes. I have maybe three or four. <laughs> but I don't I don't go to a nice restaurant with my work boots anymore, <laughs> and people look at me like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what about as you look ahead for the Oregon wine industry in general? You you mentioned kind of what your your impressions of it have been, and what is what does it look mm -hmm. like in the future? What what what's happening to Oregon wine? I think it's growing. That's what I think. I see growth. I see a lot more people interested in a lot of new wine, like. Sometimes we are driving around, it's like, is that vineyard new? Like, wow. And I can see that from the area and like other places with climate change that here is going to, well, it's the ch climate change is here too, so it's a challenge too, but there's still a lot of land that can be planted mm -hmm. here and I, believe that is great soils and sites for for grapevines so i see a lot of growth i do like how it is right now because it's, there is a community and there's not too many big wineries so i'm hoping that there's not gonna be a lot of like mass massive places i'm not against to that but i want to if that happens i want to keep the community i would like that to keep the community. But I also see a lot of like, I have friends that are making wines and very small labels and still new small, like garage wines. And there is like the natural wine making too. And so I like the diversity. Mm -hmm. I, I think, I think it's going, it's growing and it's getting more diverse in all aspects, like social aspects and wine making styles and in good quality too like it it has good quality already but i think it has a lot more potential to evolve mm -hmm. as a wine region that's what i think it reminded me of something we were talking about before the camera started rolling you were talking you're mentioning you're 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 reaching out to ivoy to be part of the organization yes so tell me about that obviously i always have to say that i'm on the board of ivoy so yes um, but uh <laughs> Tell us about your your interest in the organization and, and what you would what you'd hope to kind of bring yes. to it. Yes. Well, well, that's there's two approaches with that. One is well, I am not from the United States. I am from Chile, so I like that that is happening already here. That there is a diversity of cultures too, a mix of people and uh, the cultural part. And I feel like. The cultural part, it's a lot. The wine is a lot about the culture too. Um, um, I like the research too. So I've been always, I always, I like producing a product and I love the wines, the, that beverage, but I feel like I can contribute better and do more. And when I find out about Aiboy, I was like, huh, huh, <laughs> like this is all about what I'm thinking about, like, and that's why when my friend Julia told me about it, and I, I knew about it a little bit before, but I was like, okay, I'm going to, when it's time, I'm going to reach out to them and see what, how can I contribute. So my idea is to, to help people and to get more people to know the science about it and 
I know I can give more knowledge and in, in take out of those language barriers and take out bar like borders and barriers. That's, it's like, an, like a dream kind of to have more diversity and, and more people involved in this. And I thought that maybe I was, I could, maybe in the future I'll do it, provide with uh, maybe participating in the educational part. I think education is very important and helping out people that are interested in it. I'm like, that's everything. So that will bring my, how can I could contribute? I feel like I could do it. Mm -hmm. And maybe I will feel more happy <laughs> making a contribution. Hmm? Yes. So if you were, if someone were to ask you about joining the Oregon wine industry, mm -hmm. what would your words of wisdom to them be? What would your advice be? Somebody joining mm -hmm. the Oregon wine mm -hmm. industry? Ooh. Well, if they didn't travel before, I will say first travel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> before settling, but I will say that um, I think there is, well, it's great for a lot of things. There is a lot of things that also made me realize that I wanted to live here. Not only the wine, also the outdoors. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. You can ha do a lot of things. So, so I would say like, congratulations, you're in a really good place to live <laughs> for all different mm -hmm. things. But I will also encourage to experiment with things because I feel like there is not all told and experience here. I think there is still a lot of things that can be done. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I will encourage to get motivated and, and play with Pinot Noir. It can be so different and very good in different ways. Mm -hmm. There's no only one way. So that's what I will say. Mm -hmm. But my, my suggest for people joining the wine industry in general is travel. <laughs> It's very, it's super nutrition. Like they, you get a lot of cultural exchange and learning about technical stuff too. But I feel like wine is very noble because it's very cultural mm -hmm. and it brings people together too. So it's culture, it's science, art, culture and history is like, it's very, it's not just, okay, put this, put that, let's make wine. It's more than that. Mm -hmm. And it's a group of people. It's not only one person that makes it. It's the, the whole thing. So that's what I, I will say that be part of the community and cre be creative and try to innovate and get to know every corner of and in the ABAs too, that discover, explore. That's what I will say so to somebody mm -hmm. coming to the Oregon industry. It's a very good answer, I love that. Good. <laughs> That's um, good. It also brings you up a question to my mind. Obviously, uh, this, the, you're, this you're known for Pinot Noir here. Uh, do you have plans on, on trying anything, uh, working with some different grape varietals as you go forward? Well, I have kind of like a little love with um, Cabernet Franc because I live there and I know that is a grape that is not easily grown here <laughs> unfortunately but who knows in the future <laughs> <laughs> but I I would love to well I know it's not from here but that's something a variety variety that I like a lot and I would like to ex experiment even if it's not coming from Oregon but um things well we'll know soon enough it's if more varietals can be planted here too mm -hmm. because i think that's why i feel like it's growing because there's a lot of things that are happening now in in research again mm -hmm. to know what else can be grown and we might be surprised like f 50 or plus years ago we didn't even know that pinot noir could be grown here so i don't know i I like Cabernet Franc. 
I know that now it's not possible, but I'm patient mm -hmm. and I'm still young, so maybe in the future <laughs> will be a possibility. So, yeah, that's mm -hmm. what I like. Yes. So the questions that I have for you, Gabby, is there anything I didn't ask that I should have? Anything we didn't talk about here today that we should talk about? Ooh, I think we covered pretty good. Okay. Yes. Oh, yes. Excellent. Yes, I think it's. Yeah, I think you covered that I am in still in discovery of this, so <laughs> that's good. And I am I'm loving Oregon and the Oregon wine industry. Perfect. Yes. Glad to hear. It's that's awesome. really Glad good. Hear it. It's really good. Well, thank, thank you, you so thank you so much for your time today, for your answers and your yes. stories, and we'll go ahead and let you off the hook. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. And thank you to all the supporters, partners, donors, and interviewees who have made our project a success. Be sure to check out our website at OregonWineHistoryArchive.org for more interviews, plus photographs, wine labels, and more. And stay tuned for more interviews as we tell the story of Oregon wine. The Oregon Wine History Archive podcast is brought to you by the Oregon Wine History Archive at Linfield University. The executive producer is Kiana Anderson. Producers are Rich Schmidt, Rachel Woody, Stephanie Hoffman, and Camille Weber. Special thanks to all the Linfield Archive students who have assisted on our oral history interviews.